In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, here we are coming out of the Christmas season where we celebrated the incarnation, God coming into the world because the world is important enough for God to come down and do just that. And in this season of Epiphany, we celebrate the light coming into the world, the manifestation of God's revelation that Jesus is the light of the world. And then today we hear in the gospel that the world is fading away, that the world is passing away, as we hear in 1 Corinthians. Paul says, let even those who have wives be as though they had none, those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it, for this present form of the world is passing away. Now, some take this to mean drop all your business of the world. The world doesn't matter anymore. And it's not really that black and white. It's true that Paul and the early Christians did think that Jesus was going to return in their lifetime, and, and there was an urgency. Mark was the first gospel that was written after Jesus' death, the most immediate after Jesus' death. So perhaps that's why the Gospel of Mark has this urgency and immediacy about it. And actually, Paul's letters were the first writings after Jesus' death and came before the Gospel of Mark by about 10 years or so. So there is this sense of immediacy for them that Christ would return in their lifetimes, a sense that one must stop thinking about worldly plans because they don't matter anymore. And that has been the stance of some in history. The world is bad, no longer useful, flesh is bad. Moving away from and ignoring the fact that God came into the world and uses the world and uses us for God's purpose. This is not a passage telling us that we have to give up. It is a passage that asks us to step away and follow Jesus. Jesus did not return when they expected. So does that mean that Paul and other Christian writers are mistaken? No. What this means is that our time is not God's time, and God's time does not always line up with our way of thinking. God's time still needs us to take care of business, and it's how we take care of this business that is the key. So here's what's happening in this passage from Mark today. Jesus sees Simon and Andrew casting their nets into the sea, and Jesus immediately calls them and they follow without any question. No time to waste. It's, it's very matter of fact. It's very immediate. Jesus calls, they follow. Now, by following Jesus, when Jesus calls, God's timing collides with our timing to create this new kingdom, for lack of a better word, this new realm of God. God's vision for the world is no longer simply away somewhere in the future, but in the present, in the here and now. When Jesus calls, we follow 
and boom, God's realm is here in our midst. God, God's presence is near. So God's dream for the world that we talked a little bit about last week is already here and not yet here. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to strive for still. To be just a tad political, we haven't yet formed this more perfect union. So much of what we do is striving to always find that way to do it better, to grow and to evolve. The gospel today says the kingdom is near. It's near, it's right here, right in front of our faces, right here. And the more we follow Jesus, the more we can make out the images of what is right in front of us, the more we can see the inbreaking of God's time and see this new vision. The full manifestation may not be here, but that doesn't mean we give up. Jesus didn't return in Paul's lifetime or the gospel writer's lifetime, but that didn't deter the early Christians and every Christian who came after to disavow the veracity of Paul's messages and Christian writings altogether. Of course, there's been so much progress for peace and justice and healing ever since, because it's already here. God's realm is near, and we continue being reminded and inspired by these writings and by those who came before us. So we live and we minister in this already and not yet atmosphere. God's promised future is both already here and not yet here. But not to worry. We can walk and chew gum at the same time, right? Today we hold our annual parish meeting after this service where, where we'll do a recap of the past year and, and look forward to the new year both at the same time. We acknowledge growth and change and we look forward to the future. We, we draw on what we have experienced last year and, and use what we have learned and experienced to set a path for this new year ahead. Knowing fully well, more so than ever, that plans can always change and they will change. The important thing about setting forth a vision is to try to see the near kingdom of God, to see the outline that is, that is in front of us and to do our best to follow Jesus in order to flesh out that outline. To listen always to what is happening around us and then pivot and adjust as needed. Most importantly, to stay committed to the work of the church. The work of the church is to continue to be that place that is set apart to proclaim the wisdom of the gospels and other writings to a world that doesn't always appreciate or even know that God's presence is near or that it even matters. That God's presence is already here, right in front of our faces. And they may not even know what that means. To a world that may not know what the good news is. And the good news is that because of Jesus, a new state of being is now here. A new way to approach life here in this world. Salvation or the saving help that we all need and desire has a new look, a new shine, a new light, a new hope 
not just for the future or after we die, but right here and now for the present. The church's work is to help people see this and know this and live this and, and be healed by this and be transformed by this. As one, one preacher said, Jesus is the presence of the transformative power of God. Jesus is the presence of the transformative power of God. And with Jesus being the head of the church and we the body, we are the hands and feet of this presence. Now, there are certainly social service agencies, rotary clubs, other nonprofits who are usually better equipped and staffed and funded to serve the community. They're probably better fundraisers than we are too. They are non-religious and are sometimes more appealing because of that. And the church doesn't need to compete with that. The church simply has to be the church and to be that place where for a period of time we remember and offer a, a place and a space and, and time to experience transcendence, to, to enter into God's time, to step away from the usual, to seek the unusual, to hear words of hope and healing, to step away from daily distractions and put God first so that we can be fully in this transformative presence. When we are transformed, our relationships are transformed, our communities are transformed, and the world is transformed. God's presence can be seen nearer and nearer. Jesus calls these disciples today at their place of business to take the time to step away and follow. And we as the church offer to be that reminder to step away and refocus, to step away and live in the already presence of the transformative power of God so that we can vision and plan for the not yet. So that we can go back into the world with a peace and knowledge in our hearts that there is more out there than we can ask for or imagine, that we are not alone, that we are part of something bigger than our own egos, and that peace and joy and love are near, right here in front of our faces ready to be realized, using our gifts, our passions, our talents. So in a sense, the urgency of Paul and Mark is true. There's no time to waste. We, we don't have to wait around for the world to end or for Christ to return. The time is now. The kingdom is near. The time is fulfilled. Repent, the gospel says, not because the time is coming, but repent because it's here. Make that U-turn and do the right thing. Make that U-turn and head back in the right direction now. Make that U-turn and step away to follow Jesus' call now. Follow Jesus' call into a new way of being, a new way of life. Jesus says to his new disciples, follow me and I will make you fish for people. I don't know, that sounds like your rector guilting you into serving on the vestry or some other committee. A better translation of this verse that some espouse is, I will make you become fishers of people. Putting our discipleship into a sense of identity, a becoming, rather than asking for another task to be taken on, another Zoom schedule to a to, to, to make or, or another Zoom to attend. 
The church helps us frame our identities as those who follow Christ, who is the transformative presence in the world. For Simon and Andrew who follow Jesus immediately, it's, it's just the beginning. They have a long road ahead of things they never expected to see. They will become the first church, the first disciples, and they will become fishers of people who realize the kingdom is near. Paul says, for the present form of this world is passing away. With all the hard times that many face, with all the despair around the world, much of this present form may just need to pass away. Pass away into something new. So let's celebrate at our annual meeting today our parish's vision, past, present, and future, as we continue to follow Jesus's call, remembering that Jesus is the presence of the transformative power of God, making us all become fishers of people. Amen. <laughs>